another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. Well, I don't know if you've caught it yet, but uh, I hope you're catching it. We're in a year of more. I've got to try that again. I forgot we're in the 11.50 service. I said we're in a year of more. And you might go, well, what's all the hype about? The hype is about a God that is well able. I believe that God is looking for an individual. God is looking for a generation. God is looking for churches that will buy in full heart to the fact that God has just begun. God has just begun to move and God is taking us beyond where we've ever been before. And today I want to encourage you, my whole ministry life, God has spoken to me out of Ephesians chapter 3, and it's the Apostle Paul that writes. And I found myself there again this week as I was preparing for Sunday, and I just felt a warmth all over it. And I I kind of felt the nudge of the Holy Spirit, which was, would you ask some questions of yourself? And uh, so I read it, and I asked these questions, which if I'm asking myself a question, I'm asking you a question. All right, so we're going to pick it up in verse 14. And Paul writes these words. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And what jumped out at me again was this, for this reason. If I were to ask you today, why are you here? What's the reason? Why are you a Christian? What's the reason? For this reason I worship. For this reason I come to church. For this reason I go to work. For this reason I'm living my life. The enemy is completely committed to distracting you from the reason. For this reason, Paul says, I bow my knee. In other words, Paul, what's your life's purpose? What's your reason for doing what you're doing right now? And the challenge of that is simple but profound. He goes on in verse 15 and he says, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named. God uses Paul to put heaven and earth together. And he says in verse 16 that God or He would grant you according to the riches of His glory. It's an easy thing to slip into the fact that God can do anything and He puts kind of something into the whole mix and takes something out of it. But Paul doesn't write that. It's that God can grant you according to the riches of His grace. In other words, what's your level of current expectation? Have you been in church so long that you've allowed even the inspiration of God's Word just to be another kind of tickle point that submits to your current reality? Rather than going, God, we're in a year of more. We're about creating a legacy for your purposes. And so therefore, what's my reason for doing what I'm doing in life? What's my reason for committing myself to worship, to give, to be a part of changing the world in which I live and, and, and is my expectation at the level it ought to be? Come on, expecting people are usually louder. Seriously, it's like, where's your lean-in factor? If I came to you, would I just be hearing about everything that's going wrong and the darkness of what's going around you? Or is there in the middle of your darkness an expectation on a God that out of the riches of His grace? It's like, well I, well, I can't expect to ask God to do that. Good, there's so many people in poverty in the world. It's kind of like, you should be happy with what you've got. That's not what Paul's writing. It's kind of like, he says, so what's your expectation level? Verse 20, we know this verse now, under him who is able to do exceedingly. 
You may be quiet this morning, but I'm not giving up. Exceedingly, abundantly, and above, according to the power that works in you. Okay, this is what I've had to realise. I've got to ask myself this question. What currently is the power that's working in me? Is it the power of circumstance? Is it the power of disappointment? Is it the power of your own weakness and failure? Is it the power of what you don't understand and that confusion now has the power to dominate the confidence you should have in God? It's kind of like, God, so you're speaking to me and I'm going, yeah, God, you're asking me what what power is working in you? Is it a power that offers to Him be glory in the church? See, here at Life, if you're feeling new to life, you may not know it, but we're not content just to have a good Sunday service. We, We don't just want to do a great kids program so you feel comfortable. If your kids come to our kids program, we want to grow them in the things of God so they have more expectation than before they came. Come on, they have no more sense of this is who I am in God and I'm going to reach for the highest and I'm going to believe that God can take my life and use my life and do something to Him be glory in the church. It's kind of like, so what power is working in you? Is there a kingdom purpose or is it a me purpose? So much of Christianity is about what I get out of it. And if I get it and I get the feel and I feel good and I like that, then I'll be happy. And it's like, no, 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 if you feel good, that's cool. But it's not about your feel good. It's about the difference you can make and the legacy you can leave behind. I I seriously believe that we've got to capture the season we're in. We talk about our 2020 vision by December 2020. We are believing to be able to see miracles happen. And I feel we need to understand that this is more than just a good thing. This is a sovereign deep, impacting and powerful thing. In fact, I wrote out a definition for more this week and I just used the word or the letters M-O-R-E and multiple E's because I had a lot of things in my heart. This is what I wrote. Multiplying our reach effectively, exponentially and eternally. In other words, I want to live the kind of life that is always reaching into more. Why? So that we can be more effective than we've been before. Exponentially, in other words, we could see happen in one year what potentially would take 10 years. And eternally, that the value of what we're doing is not because we want to pay for a new building or we want to just answer the needs of people. We want eternal significance to reign on Aotearoa and on our watch and our time in history. People go, you had too much coffee this morning? No, maybe I did, but it's all right. And it's kind of like looking at what God wants to take us in here, being reminded on where we are positioned. You might go, so well, what is the 2020 vision? Because I haven't been around. Well, we're believing that our church will be at least 20,000 strong as a life family. And some people with a lack of understanding say, well, why would you put a number on that? That's just, you know, you, why do you want them to be so big? It's not about being big. It's about the power to influence. You know, through our campuses that we're committed to it. Pastor Craig from Melbourne just sent over a shot of one of their services and I thought it'd be good for us to see what's happening in Melbourne. And it's kind of like, you know what? God is moving and there's growth right across life. And you say, well, you know, I don't know that I want to be in a big church. Don't be so narrow. I like to offend a few people today, I reckon. It's kind of people say, I don't like big churches. You know why you don't like big churches? Somebody that says that has a lack of understanding because primarily that comes from a heart that says, I want it to be about me. The kingdom was never just about you. It was about what God can do through you. Now, you can go to large churches that are very impersonal, but you can go to a church of 100 that's very impersonal. 
It's not the size of the church. God wants to raise up, and we feel life is mandated to be a position of influence. So whether you love the church or you despise her, you won't be able to get her out of your view of vision. You can write what you like, but we're just going to keep turning up because by God's grace, the church will need. Why? Because, listen, I think you've got it. Did you know that governments don't have the answer for today? Come on, you, you should be nodding with that, even if you disagree with everything else I'm saying. It's like, yeah, that's true. Not just New Zealand, but all over the world. It's like, you can now no longer put your security on government. You can't put your security on what's being taught to our children any longer. The value base is gone. So what is God doing? He's wanting to raise the kingdom in the middle of the chaos. And I want to stir you up this morning. You're not here to say, well, well I didn't get much out of the church. Why don't you bring something to her? And do something for the purposes of God. So we want to be a strong church of 20,000. We also with that need 2,000 effective leaders by 2020. Leaders that have that call and that gifting from God to be able to empower and release other people. Not just waiting for a few, but 20,000 people with 2,000 effective leaders. And with that, to have the ability then to buy accomplishing financially what we want to do to put 20 million into community need. People say, well, why do you need to build buildings? Because we need a foundation to set us up. Can you imagine investing into something that ultimately is going to every year have a $20 million investment plus into people need? Oh, that's really exciting, Pastor. It's like, mate, you should get pumped. You think about that. It's not to be the greatest, but we would be one of, if not the leading contributor in the Aotearoa society. And I think that's where the church begins to stand and be strong and understand what it is that God has called us to and become effective with that. You know, when you think of more, I want to give you some take-home stuff. Is I think about releasing a mandate for more. If, if I am entrusted with setting an example and inspiring people, what will it be that would help me personally release a mandate for more? One of the first things I've learned over many years is that you need to clarify and focus the end goal. If you don't absolutely cement where you're going and continually clarify it, you are going to be waylaid. You can't reach into taking new ground without much opposition. And I believe that we are called more, multiplying our reach eternally. If eternity does not come into the equation, we will never be able to push past what we don't understand and create something of real significance. We had Pastor Danny Guglielmucci here a couple of weeks ago and he shared about the death of his son, a youth pastor that was hit by lightning. And I'm sure he shed numbers of tears. He was with us yesterday afternoon. He's still feeling the weight and forevermore he'll carry the pain of that loss. Doesn't understand why it happened. Doesn't understand why if God is fully powerful and yet he's trusted God that God doesn't create bad, but God meets you there. And he said, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was with my grandson, which was one of Chris's sons and he's lost his dad. And they started talking about things and Danny, as he does, just burst into tears. And this grandson looked at him and said, hey, Nonu, which is granddad, Nonu, you don't need to cry because eternity is worth it. And he said, it just stopped him and he just breathed and put the perspective right. Can I encourage you today that 
If you're going to be a legacy builder, if you're going to have a life of more, then you're going to be tested in the middle stages. There's what I call the confusion and the challenge of the in-between. You see, when God says, I'm going to deliver you and take you to Canaan, hey, life, I'm going to cause you to make a real mark in Auckland and you're going to move New Zealand and there's going to be echoes internationally. Well, it's one thing to leave Egypt with the trumpet of God. It's another thing to wake up in the wilderness and go, where are you, God? And some of you don't realise to be a part of life, you're positioning yourself in an environment of more and the enemy understands that and he's going to try and take your focus off the end goal because you'll need to have that focus so that you can press through. It was in the wilderness where Israel misunderstood their season and lost their focus. See, and God is preparing us for more and the weight of the wilderness is what God uses. Psalm 78 verse 40 says this, how often Israel provoked God in the wilderness. Listen to this. They grieved Him in the desert. In other words, when it all turned to custard, their attitude changed. They looked at what wasn't happening and the environment around them and they began to what? Grieve God. Verse 41, they didn't deal with that and they turned back and they tempted God, years ago, God spoke to me out of this and they limited the Holy One of Israel. Did you know that God is limitless, but when it comes to you, He can be limited according to the power that works in you. When you're in your deepest, darkest season, when it's like the enemy comes in, are you going to limit God or release His power? And the wilderness is the test and it's the place where we choose whether we're going to respond and become more like God or we're going to react and seek to return. There have been many churches entrusted in our nation with something supernatural. And when it didn't go well, they chose to allow the wilderness to cause them to react rather than respond. Come on, somebody getting something out of this. Israel focused on the promise but failed to understand the process and they lost their ability to hold the goal. See, you can't have influence in the kingdom without resistance. There will come greater resistance for the more influence that you step into. That's more. More is not just pray for me on an altar call. It's like building the kind of tenacity that goes, you know what? God called us to this. We're going to see it happen. Can I get an amen? Anybody get excited about those new pictures? Nobody excited about the new building? Can you imagine having car parking? <laughs> Can you imagine that? It's kind of like, it's amazing. But there has to be a releasing of more focuses the end goal. Here's the second thought. The releasing of the mandate for more means you need to activate the importance of each part. See, if you're a part of life, can I just go there for a minute? I've got to hurry, but I, can I go there? If, if you go, well, I, I'm enjoying life and it's, it's become my family. You know, if you're broken and if the enemy's had his way and you've gone through things, life will be a hospital for you. You just come. Everything will be put on. The environment we pray, you can trust and God can do his surgery. But I need to tell you, we're here to activate everybody that's called. 
I was an orderly once and you would go into those that had been bedridden and you'd have to turn them over. The reason was because if they didn't turn over, they'd get bed sores. And a lot of Christians have bed sores. Because all they do is become a consumer of what they like and feel comfortable with and not a contributor. And it's kind of like if we're going to activate more, we need to understand every part, every season, every component, every person needs to be activated. And some people might think that's too strong a preaching, but the Bible teaches really clearly that we've got to be careful we don't give up and we don't let go of what God's entrusted. Jesus teaches the parable of the sower. And in the parable of the sower, the disciples come to Him afterwards and say to Jesus, why is it that you always teach in parables? Why is it that you continue to tell stories? You know what Jesus said? Because it's been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. In other words, you are a spirit man and God is gonna put things into your heart that those outside of the kingdom can't understand. And so when we receive that, but I am challenged by the next verse, which goes on to say, verse 12, for whoever has to him, more will be given. In other words, if you're an activator of what you have, you're gonna receive more. But he who does not have even what he has will be taken away. In other words, I would put it like this, which is pretty strong thinking. But if you don't activate your inheritance, you lose it. I'll say it again. If you're just a consumer, you come for what's comfortable and you don't activate your role and your part. You don't have to be someone else. But the moment you get healed, come on, the specialist is coming in. We're going to put down the morphine. And you go, no, I like the morphine. We're going to put down the morphine. And by the way, you think I'm bad, meet the physio. And the physio walks into the room. And says, we're going to move that limb. No, can't move it. And they'll make you move it because they want to make you mobile. Here's my question. Are you mobile in the kingdom? Or has the enemy got you spinning on all the stuff that's happened, all the stuff that's currently taking place? Or is it like, no, no, I've got to activate my inheritance. See, if we're going to create more, it's not going to be one or two. If you need healing, take time to get healed. If you need your trust reborn, take time to get that born. But then there's going to come a call here. Come on, we're all in on this, guys. We're all in on it. You go, yeah, but, you know, no, 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 no. We're all in on it. I hope you're getting something out of this. I'm looking for a quote that I wrote down that I thought was flipping fantastic. Anyway, we'll come to it. Yeah, so many good quotes in here. But we've got to activate. Here it is. Happiness comes from receiving. But fulfillment comes from investment. If you're not an investor, you go, well, what could I do? Well, what's in your heart to do? I love to help people in the community. Why don't you help with the soup kitchen? Why don't you help with CAP? Come on. Let's take those stories and multiply them. Oh, I love to help build the church. Why don't you become a group leader? Why don't you be somebody that does hospitality in your group because you don't have that level of leadership and that's not a bad thing. You're just wired the way you are. Come on, all of us. Why don't we all consider becoming part of the legacy? But, you know, I've got no money. I couldn't, I couldn't be a Gideon. God's not calling you to be a Gideon then. But one seed can create a forest. It's kind of, oh, yeah, but why do... No, 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 because it's going to unlock something in you. Truly activate the importance of each part. 
Here's the third thing that I believe will help us release a mandate for more is we all need to embrace the needed change. Whatever needs to change. You know, I thought I'd change what I dress in today. So I thought I was looking quite cool myself. Come on, I need Vicky on stage to help me with some anointing on the keys. You go, what's happening? Well, no socks. See, a thing happened to me a couple of weeks ago. My middle son, Nathan, who's he's a pretty cool dude. He says, Dad, i got a friend. And really, we need to come up and just do your wardrobe. I go, I don't want to look like you, bro. Hey, I want to reach young people, so. It's a bit sticky in there, but. Now, I've got those little wee Scott socks that look like girl socks. I mean, you feel bad putting them on. It's like. Come on, I had somebody in their 70s come up to me this morning and say, you look cool. Here's the illustration. It's actually not about the way you dress. It's about the spirit that embraces change. Are we, are we willing to change enough? Well, we never used to do that. Like, well, we used to do that. Why don't we do that? Just stay with the change. If it's not effective, I believe in the moving and the empowering of the Holy Spirit like nothing else. But can I say something? Sometimes people are moved so strongly on older calls and change so little after it. If we don't embrace the change that's needed, we don't have the right to stand in the middle of our tower and say, God, there is an answer for you. You know, I, I want to encourage you today as I bring this to sort of a, a resting place. People have said to me, Paul, why would you build this thing when you don't know even what the financial climate's going to be like in the future? I said, we're, we're not doing it because we want to compete with someone. We're not doing it because we just want flash buildings. We're doing it because we believe God's called us to be an influence. Why? Because we believe in a God of more. But collectively, come on, we can make this happen. And I, I'm going to encourage you. In fact, we presented in June and I'm sure you can go online and get some of what we shared there. But I'm going to ask the host to come. And I've just asked them today to give out what we gave to everybody that was there or you may have been away, just journals that tells you a little bit about legacy and what we're trying to do. And so if you haven't got one of those and you'd like one of those, just slip your hand up. We'll just get one of those to you. Keep your hand up nice and high and just give it a bit of a wave around. We're going to get that. It doesn't commit you to anything. It just gives you something to take home and read and have a look at what we're doing through legacy and seeing what part we're going to play. Sounds crazy, doesn't it, that we're believing in little New Zealand to raise 45 million by the end of 2020. How are we going to do it? We feel like we've got a God strategy. I felt like God speak 300 Gideons. 30 of them are going to raise 15 million. 270 of them are going to raise 15 million over three and a half years. And then 2,700 are going to be builders. They're going to do their part and they're going to raise 15 million over three and a half years. It's not about everybody doing the same thing. It's about where's your capacity and where's your gift. But one seed can grow a harvest. And you don't let the enemy ever rip you off to say, oh, I can't do it, I've got nothing. Don't compare with other people. Just hear what God wants you to do and be stretched into that. And if you feel pressured to do it, never do it. That's not the way of the kingdom. But get a, I'll preach vision strong, no doubt, because I believe in it. But then you get to choose your part. But I would say, be a legacy team member. 
And, uh, you know, you say, how can I do that? Well, in the, in the front of the seat in front of you, always, I think, we have legacy envelopes. They're definitely there today. And you can read on the book. There's a flyer that we've put for everybody to have a look at and be reminded, what does it mean to be a Gideon? It explains it in there. What does it mean to be a builder? And then you just make that decision and just become part of it and join up. If you're going to be a builder, just join up until uh, June next year, the end of June, and then we'll relaunch for the next 12 months. Whereas those of us that are Gideons, we've already committed three and a half years and we're going to believe God to lift our ability, even in what we've committed to see a miracle happen. The miracles, by the way, is not for our building. The miracle isn't even about reaching the community with lots of funds. It's about the kingdom having a ripple effect. Come on and challenging the rest of the body of Christ that it's our day. We've got to believe for it and believe God to take us to new levels. We were at a conference four weeks ago at Manifest Presence. And I have shared with some of the church a prophecy that Michael Maiden gave us, which was just profound. He doesn't know anything about us at the time and what we're through. And it was so on the line. When we shared with the leaders, he prophesied again. And it's worth hearing. He doesn't know the completion date. He doesn't know anything about the building. And he prophesied the exact contract completion date. And prophesied what God is going to do. It's not about the building. It is about the building. It's not about the building. It's about what God is wanting to do through it. Come on, let's watch the screen. I saw when I was preaching, Pastor Paul, I saw this great vision. I saw uh, a beautiful building. It's not an auditorium. It was like a theater of the arts. And I saw people lined up half a mile to get in. And the Lord said, he's not just building a building. He's building a cultural tool to reach the country and people ask you well why are you doing this thing and that thing why does it have to be this way and you've been consistently persistent about this is what it needs to be but God's going to use it like a big fishing boat to increase the capacity of your ministry to reach a whole another realm of people through the arts and through demonstrations of creative cultural expressions and God's going to honor your faith so just it's just it's just 18 months away 19 months away you're you and your wife are laughing 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 because everything you saw in the spirit is going to be seen in the natural and everyone that kind of doubted or questioned or was even critical of you it's going to say wow I guess he was right that was a God idea a God thing so the God thing you're doing it's a big thing but it's going to affect this culture in a way that 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 hasn't yet been uh, consistently wrought and so some amazing things are going to happen there's going to be even a kind of a secular interest in what you're doing and how you're how you're releasing uh, the presentation of your facility. God's just going to show off. So um, I loosen now. It's like a floodgate. I command the door to open in the next stage of financing the rain into your world. And God, there are people even in another country that are going to give and promote and establish this because they're doing a God thing. They're doing a heavenly thing. And it's going to really be um, a victory for the kingdom of God. And God, thank you that um, someone's going to be raised up. There there are two business leaders in your church 
that by the end of the year are going to enter it. They're entering into a new strata of influence and success, but they're so committed to you and the church that the that they're going to rain down a new level of giving that's going to spur something in the church in a supernatural way. And God's going to raise people up, raise people up, raise people up in this season. So God, thank you that this that this is a miracle idea, a heaven-sent blueprint. And God, I see again the people lined up to get in because the building itself is going to attract people. And then inside of it, heaven's waiting to meet them through the ministry of the church, through cultural ways, through creative ways, and through the manifestation of the kingdom. Thank you for all of that, God. And um, even a um, television show uh, in, filmed in that, that facility will, will go on secular TV, but it will have a spiritual uh, foundation. God's going to do some crazy things these next five years and just release to you uh, the keys. And the Lord said to you and your wife, um, along with uh, the other pastors that are here, he's, he's proud of the way that you've stood in the gap for a lost generation and that you've repaired a breach that was broken and that God has now, this, th- th- there's coming a season when all of New Zealand catches up in the spirit to what God has for you, but it's because of these apostolic of voices and leaders and that have pioneered this and pushed it through and God needed people of a, of a certain quality of character that could withstand the weight and withstand the responsibility of this hour the Lord's very proud of you sir you and your wife for you've stood the test you've stood the heat and you've withstood the criticism but I promise you everything's going to change and everyone's going to change their mind and instead of talking about what's not happened, they're going to talk about what is happening. I don't think words can describe the season that God's positioning all of us in here at life. It's a season that we'll look back on and talk about the miraculous power of God. You know, more is multiplying our reach effectively, exponentially, and eternally. So far we have 2,090 kingdom partners, legacy partners, people that have as family units or as couples, individuals been a part of it. And this is not a sales pitch. And we're believing for 3,000 over the next three and a half years. But wouldn't it be great if we had 5,000? if we just captured what God wants us to do. And I'm asking everybody just to consider whether that's for you and that's what God's calling you to do. And collectively, each part will make the whole strong. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.